Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I just got finished having a very a very flowy episode. I'm feeling really zen right now. It's snowing here in Toronto, and uh, today's guest just really brings a very calming energy to her work and to her message. I'm really excited to share with you the interview that I did with Molly Wilder. And Molly is a life coach and entrepreneur with a background in movement therapies, including yoga, strength and conditioning, and a career as an athletic therapist. When a lifelong struggle with depression escalated, she decided to take action and heal by any means necessary. Molly found freedom and deep healing through realizing the truth of the emotions hiding within her body and self-realization became her reason for being. Through an in-depth knowledge of anatomy and physiology and a deep understanding of how the body stores our past experiences and emotions, Molly took the leap from movement coach to life coach, and her mission is to make the integrative work she does before and after plant medicine ceremony available to everyone, no matter their boundary, and live from the love, joy, strength, and peace that they are. So we today, I wanted to have Molly on because I have been kind of just dabbling in the world of inner child work, which is not something that I ever knew about before or understood before. And I'm certainly not any kind of expert on it. And that's why I knew that having Molly on the podcast would just really bring something very unique to the discussion. But what I have found with the inner child work that I've done is that it's been very transformative in a short period of time. It's like as soon as I start to comfort the pieces of me that really need to be comfort comforted the pieces of me who you know have those those fears who have those doubts the faster those doubts and fears seem to just kind of drift away or become a lot less loud and so i've really been introducing some of this work just basically the way that it looks in my coaching is having my clients just look at the emotions that are there not making them wrong, not needing them to be different, but just allowing them to be there and actually really acknowledging them and giving that part of ourselves the love that we really, really deserve, the the love that we perhaps never got in the past. And how that has played out in terms of manifestation is that we get to stop resisting and we get to stop looking for validation outside of ourselves, which is, you know, like chasing the carrot. You just never, you never get to a point where it feels like enough. And so I've really been going inward with with this type of work, and I've found it extremely transformative, but also incredibly freeing. So I really loved my episode, my my talk with Molly today, because she is the expert on this topic, and especially in regards to how it relates to business as an aligned entrepreneur, as someone who is actively manifesting the life and the success that you deserve. So I can't wait for you guys to listen. I think this was a really special episode. And without further ado, here is my interview with Molly J. Wilder. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and 30 $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. 
I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Molly joining us. Welcome, Molly. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. This is awesome. I'm so excited to have you because I, I mean, you've been around for a while in terms of just being someone that's been in, you know, my business and different offers and an avid mind magic participant. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I know that your area of expertise is something that I don't know a lot of, or don't know a lot about, but that I'm very interested in. So I'm excited to have you here. And, uh, I first wanted to say congratulations because you just got engaged a couple of days ago. I did actually on Valentine's day, which is, oh. um, so overly adorable. <laughs> well, I definitely want to hear that story because I know it was something that you actively manifested. Yes. Um, but first maybe you can tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. Yes. Thank you. Well, to start, I think I'm still figuring out what I do as an entrepreneur. I think this is one of the, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of the beautiful things about, you know, being an aligned entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. um, is you get to change and you get to feel things out for yourself. And this is kind of the process that I'm still going through. Um, Mm -hmm. I, have a passion for helping people. I have a deep passion for helping women realize their essence. And when I say essence, it's the essential, essential, our essential self and the self that is under all of the patterns, all of the core beliefs, all of the stuff. And when we live from our essence, there's so much peace. You know, we feel those qualities of peace, love, joy, strength, and truth that we are. Like, we are these things. So Mm. I'm deeply passionate about all of that. And the way I help women do that is in many different ways. So I host women's groups. I also do some coaching. I read tarot. And I do something called inner child work, which I'm sure many of your listeners have heard about. There's lots of people doing it now. which is amazing. Yeah. And that's kind of why I really wanted to have you on because I was not someone that prescribed to inner child work at all. I don't think I really understood what it was. Uh, And it was also like, I had resistance around things that were like extra woo in my mind, which now I understand that it's really not, (laughs) but I had this like resistance, you know, to it, but I've, you know, started doing inner child work and I've also been sharing it with clients of mine and I've seen how quickly it can shift things. And so I really want to get into that. Maybe first you can tell us your love story manifestation because we're all here for that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as you know, last year in February in your mind magic group, I set an intention to manifest, um, a relationship that was mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually intimate. And I started saying no to everything that wasn't that. And uh, very quickly, Jeremy came into my life. Um, We met on the spring equinox last year and um, very, you know, quickly realized that we wanted to be together forever. COVID had just started. So we spent five weeks FaceTiming and, you know, talking and reading together online, um, getting to know each other. And it was perfect for me because I'm not, I'm not someone who, um, 
really. <laughs> I'm kind of a recluse and going out on first dates and meeting people that I've never met before, people that I don't know, don't have a connection with, isn't something that I was open to. And so the first time I met him, he actually walked through my front, front door. It was the first really? time. Yes. Yeah. So, so it wasn't an online thing. Well, it was, an, it was an online thing. We met online. Okay. Okay. Um, but the first time I met him in person, he walked through my front door. And so I always think it's funny. I used to be part of the church years ago. And, um, you know, we'd, we'd talk about meeting, you know, meeting your prayers halfway. You can't just like pray to meet a guy and, and they'll walk through your front door. Like you actually have to go out and meet people. I'm like, no, I manifested <laughs> it my way. And he walked into my house. And <laughs> When you say that, what do you mean he walked through your front door? I mean, literally, the first time I met him, he was at my front door and walked through it. That's the first time I met him in person. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you met online and then- We had spent five weeks talking on FaceTime. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I just think it's funny, you know, like you can't put restrictions on the universe for how things are going to happen. They happen if they're meant to happen and it doesn't matter how and why. So this was a huge lesson for me. Um, and it was amazing. So I actually moved to Vancouver. I left my job I moved to Vancouver in October and my job wasn't really happening anyways because of COVID. I was, I was an athletic therapist part-time and a life coach another part-time. So I decided to go full on into life coaching and we've been living together. So, um, I sit in ayahuasca ceremonies and we decided to sit together in a very small COVID style um, ceremony, which was very strange. And, um, he asked me after the third night, which was, wow. he took me out in the snow and I looked at him and said, Jeremy, this is the best weekend of my entire life. And then he got down on one knee and made it that much better. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop it. Well, and I know that you've told me before that you, it, he came in very quickly once you really became unavailable for what you were not wanting, right? Yes. You'd, you'd had other people in your life in, you know, yeah. some romantic And I just capacity. said radical no's to right. everything. As soon as I realized it wasn't what I wanted, it was like non-negotiable. It was no. Right. No, thank you. This is not for me. So you sort of closed off, you know, certain things that were pulling you energetically and he just came right in. Yes. hundred percent. Amazing. Well, yeah. congrats. I love oh, it. And I, I love like, cause I, cause I remember you saying like, I'm going to manifest a relationship and then you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here yeah. we are. And not just a re- relationship, but like to be so safe right. uh, on all four of those levels. And, and this is one of the, the, the four quadrants of our human experience, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual to be so safe and to have intimacy in all four of those realms. I think we forget that that's important sometimes. And, you know, we, we sacrifice maybe mental safety for physical and emotional safety, or we sacrifice emotional safety for physical, mental safety. And then spiritual safety sometimes just gets left by the wayside as well. So, so important. And when did you meet him again? Sorry. I met him on the spring equinox. So March 22nd last okay, year. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. less than a year later, you're less engaged. Than a year I love later, it. I, yeah, I have a ring on my finger and it is so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I can, I can confirm. So I want to dive in with you about inner child work because like I said, wasn't something I knew a lot about and, and I was very much led towards it in my personal life where 
Well, maybe I'll ask you to describe for those that are new to inner child work, what is it and what can it be used for in terms of helping ourselves come back or more into alignment with who we really are? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you my my description of it. I didn't learn inner child work from a book or a teacher. This is something that came to me very, very organically. Um, and the way that I started working with, with it was I, I found these different parts of myself um, that I had kind of left by the wayside. And the first, the first part of myself that I found actually was a 17-year-old part. It wasn't a child at all, although she needed to be held. She needed she needed me to allow her to feel what she what didn't feel at 17. And this is the key to inner child work is giving yourself space, holding yourself in that age, in that moment where you had unintegrated emotions back in the day that still live inside of your body. So all the unintegrated emotions we have ever felt have lodged themselves into our tissue. What is an integrated emotion? Sorry to cut you off. Unintegrated emotion. So for instance, um, we've all seen the child in the grocery store who is having a tantrum. Everyone's seen that, right? Um, And we've all seen the mothers who you know, or the fathers who are sitting beside their child trying to calm them down. We've also seen mothers and fathers trying to rush them out of the store. And, and, you know, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of anxiety in us as adults when, when we're witnessing that, because we don't want, we don't want these beautiful little children to feel in pain. We don't want them to feel sad. We don't, you know, there's all these things that we want to comfort them. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you handle it the feeling is the same of wanting to love and cherish your child. And so an unintegrated emotion is when sometimes when we as adults um, maybe move these children out of the way of others, you know, we try and shush them. We try and say like, you know, stop crying, stop banging your hands against the floor, stop doing this. We're trying to actually quiet them down because it's more comfortable for us. Mm-hmm instead of allowing them to fully express the feelings that they are going through. Now that, that example is quite difficult and it is absolutely 100% not a judgment on any parent ever because we are all human and we have to have compassions for ourselves. Um, But when our, when children are going through big emotions, you know, for another example might be a child is getting bullied at school and you come home to the mom or the dad and, and you tell them what happened and they go, oh, sweetheart, it's okay. Like you just walk away. And so the next day you go in and you walk away and they don't stop. The bullying still happens. So you go back to your parents and you go, oh, this happened. And they go, okay, we love you. You're going to be okay. Tomorrow's another day. And they do the best they can for you, but it still continues. So there's this sadness that starts building up that your parents might not necessarily allow you to integrate, to feel in mm. completion. So a way of feeling at incompletion is going back into that time and feeling, you know, say I, I pretend that I'm actually the mother now and I see myself coming to me and say, yes, I was bullied today at school. How are you doing? What's, what are you feeling? I, I feel sad. You know, I feel tension in my chest. I feel this big lump in my throat and my jaw. 
do you need to feel into that for a moment? And it's, it's this process of allowing yourself to feel the emotion that you felt back then so that mm. it, it can be fully felt and fully expressed so that it no longer is lodged within your tissue. Right. Okay. Amazing. So, uh, I mean, amazing. And that I love that, that description. And, and, um, this is just this theme that's coming up over and over and over again for me, this feeling of the emotions rather Mm -hmm. than trying to change them rather than wishing that they were different. Um, not labeling them as anything other than just, this is just an emotion that needs to be felt. And so, so then what, and I can certainly speak to, you know, and and I want to hear it from you as well, but I can speak to kind of my understanding of how this work plays out in regards to manifestation and especially in regards to business. But what does, before we go there, what does the work actually look like? It it looks like getting very present with yourself, first of all. And I like that you mentioned the feelings. I think that's so important. And in our culture, in our language that we use, oftentimes we say, I feel like this isn't really the right time for me right now. Well, that's actually a thought. That's not a feeling. So Mm. getting really clear about what a feeling is and what a thought is, is so important. And one of the the pieces of language that I use is instead of saying, what do you feel? I ask, what is the felt sensation? And this allows you to come into your body. So it takes you into the, you know, what's the tension? Is there a constriction? Is there a squeezing somewhere in my body? Is there a knot in my gut or a tightness across my chest? So it brings you into the raw felt sensation that is present with you in the moment. And this is, you know, when we talk about the work, this is the work. It's getting very, very present. Now, how that plays out with manifestation is, you know, you start to get clear about what you're feeling. You start to hold space for yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. And if you can get to, you know, a point of like, you know, this is actually something that I've always felt. This is something that I continuously feel. It's a pattern of mine. Let me be curious about this. Is this something that I can go back and trace where this came from. And sometimes you can't, and that's okay. You just allow yourself to feel it. And other times you go, oh yeah, this came from childhood or this came from, you know, when I was 12 or, or whatever it was for you and you hold yourself through it. When you can start to get to a core belief, you can start to be curious about it. And this is where breakthroughs happen. This is where you start to re- wire your brain and manifestations can start to really come through. Is that how you have experienced it as well? The way that I've experienced it is like we're looking for, we have these emotions that come up, right? And and a lot of the time we describe it as like your ego. These days I'm really seeing a separation between ego versus inner child. And I think more often mm-hmm. when the emotions come up, it's the inner child, the part of us that needs to be heard, held, acknowledged, and, yes. and needs to be reassured that he or she is safe, right? Because she didn't get to feel that way when she was young. And so yeah. when we are putting ourselves out there in business, we're marketing something, we're inside of a launch, everything that's going to come up 
you know, will come up. (laughs) And what we typically do, and especially this is the messaging in the manifestation community is like, don't think those thoughts, don't feel those feelings (laughs) because they're going to block what you want from coming. Yeah. And now you start to get all like anxious about the thoughts that you're having and I'm messing up my manifestation. Exactly. And so I always kind of, well, for a long time, I prescribed the idea that you just change those thoughts, which is making them wrong and is not very effective anyways, because like you said, it's these, these unintegrated emotions within your tissues, within your body that just need to be felt. And that, that part of you who never got to feel loved, acknowledged, you know, safe, she's needing that from you right now. And the more that you can do that, especially when those emotions are coming up, especially during, you know, a launch or something that you're doing in your business, the faster she gets quiet, right? That's what's my, that's my, what my experience has been is like, instead of making them wrong and labeling them as being bad and all the reasons why you're not going to get what you want, just being like, huh, my, my inner child or whoever is feeling unsure today, right? She's scared. I'm going to go and give her that. Like, think about a child who's not being heard. They get louder and louder and louder. And as soon as they feel heard or loved or safe and held, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, that's so beautiful, Lauren. And, you know, one of the things that I think is key here, and you mentioned the ego, um, my teacher calls it the stupid friend, the ego. (laughs) I like to call it the friendly ego because I'm not, the word stupid for me doesn't really sit very well. Um, and one thing that we don't always understand about the ego is it's there to protect us. It's there to keep us comfortable. And that's not a bad thing. You know, our ego is developed when we're very, very young. So from the perspective of a child, you know, if you think about um, perhaps the core belief of like, uh, you know, I'm not enough, which is something that everyone believes. If you're not enough, how does that belief help you not only survive in the world, but stay connected to the people around you. How does it, I don't know. Do you have an answer for that? I do. Yes. So if we, I was just, yeah, just offering some space for you there. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. And and our listeners, that's okay. (laughs) So if we consider, okay, this is our ego speaking and our ego and our inner child, you know, like, yes, there's separate, some separation, but this is, you know, there's not a lot of separation. Okay. Yeah. And if we're thinking, okay, there's this belief that I have created that's part of my ego now that I'm not enough. Well, how is that keeping me safe? How is that keeping me connected to the people around me? If I believe that I'm not enough, maybe I'm going to work harder so that I stay connected to people. Maybe I'm going to push what I want aside so that I stay connected to people. So that other people resonate with me in a different way or that I'm working harder, I'm getting better grades, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, wow, look at that. My, my core belief, the I'm not enough, my ego, wow, it's actually helping me. It's actually trying to keep me safe by forcing me to work harder. Right. And so when we can have this compassion for the core belief that this ego self we start to see that, oh, this is the part of me that is driving the bus. This is the part of me that's driving me forward. But it's not working for me anymore. And then you can look at your friendly ego or your stupid friend, like my teacher Gabor 
calls it, and say, hey, you know what? I'm actually going to drive the bus. I really love and appreciate you for getting me this far in life, for keeping me connected to the people around me, for keeping me in that survival mode when I needed it. But I'm going to start driving the bus now. And I actually believe that I am enough. And I believe that I'm more than enough. And so I'm going to let that belief drive the bus. And so when you have that compassion, it creates space for something new. Instead of demonizing or, you know, judging the ego for being the like, you know, wanting to destroy it or wanting it yeah. to be gone, it's part of you. So if you want it to be gone, if you want it to be destroyed, you're trying to disconnect from a part of yourself. You're doing like the opposite of what it actually needs, which is just a little bit of love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this is when, you know, when we talk about self-love, this is radical self-love, ra- radical well, self-compassion. Yeah. So like what it's looked like for me, and it's really shown up in like my dating life, that was kind of where I stumbled into it. And I can, and I can speak to that, but, um, what it's looked like for me is like writing letters (laughs) to this part of me (laughs) and just pouring into her all the things that I am, you know, grasping at outwardly. Right. And I think that that's, it's like, okay, so let's say we're going into a launch of some sort and there's all this build up behind it. You've been working on it for ages. You're ready for your business to really start working. And when you open the doors, you know, it's a day or two before anybody signs up and everything that comes to the surface in terms of, you know, your inner child or those core beliefs, as, as you say, which is like, I'm not good enough. People don't like me. They're not interested in what I have to do mm-hmm. or what I have to offer rather. Um, all of that is like, we're looking for outward circumstances to sort of disprove those things that are coming up, right? If I could just get people to sign up, then I wouldn't have to feel this way about me. And so, mm-hmm. and that for me really showed up in my dating life where it was like, I had this like, you know, core belief, I guess, around something to do with being undesirable or fearing. Mm-hmm. I think it was more of like a fearing of um, being abandoned. Yeah. And so, so I was always looking for like someone not to abandon me, which meant that I was attracting that exact thing happening because I was resisting it so much. And with work that I did um, with a coach in the fall, she said, well, these things that you're looking for, for other people to show up for you, how, how you want other people to show up for you is how you need to start showing up for yourself because you're not right. And so, mm-hmm. and once I started doing that and really pouring into this, like basically the opposite of abandonment, which is like just radical self-love and pouring into myself and writing myself love letters, the less and less and less I needed it from anything or anyone outside of me. And it actually clicked pretty quickly where all of a sudden, you know, in a past, like I was, I was seeing someone and in a past relationship, I would have been really resisting the idea of this person leaving because of all the things that it would have confirmed about me Mm -hmm. at like an identity level to just being like, it would be fine either way. Like I'm going to be fine either way because I'm giving myself this. There's nothing that I need from this person and him leaving or not leaving doesn't confirm anything about me, which is what I'd always been doing before. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And this is where, you know, I think we spoke to it in another podcast episode together Uh when you came on my podcast. This is where Byron Katie's work is so incredibly helpful, you know, really feeling into the feelings, but also looking at the thoughts and asking yourself, is this really true? Is this 
is this true or is there another possibility? Right. Yeah. Right. So for you in uh, maybe both, you could speak to both your relationship and your business. What has this work look like or help look like for you or helped you to transform? Oh my gosh. So you could show up. (laughs) What has it not transformed? That list would be a lot a lot lighter than the list of things that it has transformed. Okay. Um, I don't think I, I don't think there's any area of my life that this work hasn't transformed. Um, when I, and coming back to the essence, you know, for me to live in my essence, it means that I'm working through, we're always, our essence is always there. We're always living in our essence, but unfortunately we carry a lot of pollution inside us. Mm. So we're polluted with trauma and experiences and core beliefs and patterns and all of that stuff. So this work basically comes in as the recycling station and starts to work through all of that pollution so that you can live in your essence. And, you know, I'm not done. (laughs) This is, this is a work that is going to continue forever for me. But one of the things that I feel daily now is a sense of peace and I didn't, I remember the day that I experienced peace for the first time. And I was like, what is this? You know, I had to really sit with it and be like, like, I I couldn't, I couldn't put words to it. And then it came to me. I'm like, oh, I feel really peaceful. And that has been a theme throughout the last three years of, you know, ending a 27 year depression and starting Mm -hmm. to feel joy and being like, Oh, what is this feeling? And starting to feel trust and all of these things that I, I hadn't actually felt before. And that has, you know, the confidence that comes through in that in my business is amazing. Knowing what my purpose is. And, you know, I mentioned in the beginning that this is an ongoing process. You know, I'm still continually aligning my business to find exactly what works for me. And right now it's, you know, diving into writing more than anything. Um, I'm working on a book and it's very daunting and very exciting, but it's something that I'm so called to do, which means that other elements of my business are kind of, you know, not as important right now. And reading tarot has been something that has just blown up for me. You know, I I love stepping into the world of mythology and archetypes and symbols. And that's something that comes very easy. So those two things are are my focus right now. Um, Not to say that I'm not still coaching and I'm not still doing other things, but it's this constant feeling of what do I want to do? What am I called to do? And there's different seasons in your business, in all of our businesses. So yeah, it's just this continual ability to attune to what I need and want. And that's because you're very, I mean, essentially you're integrated with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the pollution that I've carried in my, in my tissues, in my body, in my mind has started to decrease. So I can, I can feel who I am, my authentic self with a lot more clarity. Mm. Yeah. And maybe, you know, for our listeners, the way that that might translate, because I speak a lot about honoring your intuition and Mm -hmm. developing self-trust because really, you know, coaches are amazing, but a coach should really be encouraging you and helping you to build a relationship with yourself where you don't need somebody else to 
you know, give you permission for every action that you take in your business. So, yes. and, and it's the pollution that you're talking about that has us question ourselves or think yes. that somebody else has the answer and they can tell us what we need to do. But in reality, it's just about coming more and more into this place of trust with like, well, what feels good to me? And I think that takes yeah. some time. Is that kind of- I think so. I think that definitely takes time. And, you know, one of the things that I've actually just been sitting with over the last week, like super fresh is- um trusting the the universe and the separation for me has always been in do I trust my body like trust trust was a really big thing for me so do I trust my body more than I trust the universe and over the last week I've experienced through various different things of when it what it feels like to trust my body first it feels tight it feels there's lots of anxiety. There's lots of like weight on my shoulders. There's a felt sensation that feels like so uncomfortable. And when I trust the universe and believe and trust that my body picks up the, the, it's like the antenna for the messages of the universe, Mm. it feels so peaceful. And so it's not just trusting your, yourself. It's, trusting yourself and the connection to the divine, the connection to the source energy that we always talk about in manifestation, but like, let's get really real with that for a moment. What is that relationship? Because it's, it's, you know, sometimes when we say, you know, you got to connect into your intuition, so many people go, well, how the hell do you do that? What is that? You know, what are the steps And our intuition, the way I teach intuition is first get present and then start to feel your body. This is your antenna. This is where the messages come through. This is where, you know, things start to happen. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I love that distinction. For me, when I talk about trusting yourself and and trusting your intuition, it's like that really is – I love the, what you said about it being the antenna. It's like, it's whether it's, whether you identify with it as being your intuition or divine guidance, to me, they're one and the same. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, I talk about trusting my intuition because I know that the universe is working through me. Right. And those, those ideas and the right moves and all of that. So it's like, I think probably for different people, I always had a pretty strong relationship with my intuition. It's just evolved as I've understood more and more of, you know, the spirituality side of things. Um, and even like the quantum physics side of things and understanding it's all really one and the same, but we are Mm -hmm. tuned into, we are divinely connected, uh, through, or sorry, to something so much bigger than us. Um, and so for some people, it might be more of like a personal thing, intuition for some people, it might be more like, well, what is the universe guiding me towards right now? And I think there, you know, it's really whatever resonates with you. Um, I'd love to take this opportunity because I've never spoken on the podcast about, and and I don't have a lot of personal experience about things like ayahuasca, um, Mm -hmm. or even tarot cards. Like I, like I said, I don't do a lot of like the woo woo stuff, which I, I'm so intrigued by it. And I think that, uh, I think that it has such an important place and I'm kind of just discovering it all. And so it's fun to share that with people. Um, because even like the last couple of weeks, like I use, um, I use different strains of marijuana sometimes with, uh, meditating it's legal in Mm -hmm. Canada. I know that some places in the world are like, what? Uh, but 
because I find that it, it brings me more into, depending on the strain, it brings me more into connection with myself or I can like, I have this like different perspective on whatever it is that I'm currently sort of sifting through. Um, and Zoe, who I have a podcast with, she is such a huge fan of ayahuasca and she's done many different ceremonies. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that you're, you're really big on it as well. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience with ayahuasca um, in perhaps maybe not your business journey, unless that's relevant, mm-hmm. but just your journey in general? Sure. Um, it's definitely not part of my directly part of my business journey. I, okay. I don't, I'm not an ayahuascaro. I don't work with the medicine. I sit with the medicine as a participant um, and student. Um, yeah, ayahuasca, is, it saved my life. You know, I, I came to it when I was suicidal. I came to it when I was in a really dark place and it allowed me to look inward and look at myself and um, choose differently and choose to feel. And that was the biggest thing. You know, it's it's not something to be taken lightly at all. And I don't think inner child work is, is something that should be taken lightly either. You know, I, I have clients who I work with um, inner child work only on the, on the premise that they also have a counselor as well, because so many of us, you know, can't necessarily remember all that happened in childhood. So when we're doing inner child work, we're going back and feeling things that we don't necessarily know what happened. And so it can bring up very painful memories. And this is my experience with ayahuasca as well. And so it helped me see beyond things that I had pressed down so completely that I couldn't remember. So there was there was about 12 years of my life that I couldn't actually remember anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was doing deep work through trauma. And when I say the word trauma, it's not things that happened to you. It's what happened inside you um, as a result of unintegrated emotion. And so we all have it. No, no, you know, anyone who says I don't have trauma is there's, there's an unwillingness or something Mm -hmm. to, to look at that because it's painful, which is okay. Right. Um, So working with ayahuasca, it's it's hard to summarize because it's such a yeah. huge part of my life. It saved my life, and it's um, something that I don't take lightly. You know, the I, I work with um, men who have studied for years under the Shipibo tradition in Peru. This is a gift that they they don't take lightly, and um, they really honor those roots. They don't call themselves shamans. Um, they are apprentices and they go back mm-hmm. to Peru frequently to continue to learn and continue to honor the lineage, um, which is something that is so important. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure where to go beyond that right now, but it's definitely it's a doorway into gotcha. yourself and into your heart and it turns up so much, <laughs> so yeah, much. I think that like anything, those that it's meant for will be guided there. Yeah. Um, because yeah. for me, Zoe has constantly been like, you gotta, you gotta go do it. I found a place in Ontario. You gotta go do it. And I would a hundred percent do it if it felt like I was, like I was excited about it or like I was being guided. Like that's always what I'm doing is saying, what, mm-hmm. what, what, 
what am I feeling inspired by next? And at least up until this point, it's not been ayahuasca, but I also see where it's completely transformed things for her. And I think it's a really very interesting, um, interesting topic to talk about in relation to this whole world of alignment and manifestation and self-development. And you know, Lauren, there's one more thing that I want to say about ayahuasca is it, is it teaches you to listen. It teaches you to listen deeply to your body. Mm. And once you have those tools, you know, I don't necessarily think you need to continue to go back and back and back and like get as many ceremonies as you can. Um, because this does put energetic strain on the plant to do the work that you should be doing. Um, and I, and I say the word should with a little bit of a cringe because I really don't like that word. Um, (laughs) but this is part of integration and we say like the real ceremony starts when you step away from ceremony and start living and breathing in your normal life because you have to start integrating things. You have to start to do the daily work, which is the hardest work. You know, you can go in and sit in ceremony, but it's not going to cure you. You know, it, it didn't cure me of my depression. It started to show me how to feel. And then I had to do the work. Um, so it's not a cure all. And that's one of the perceptions that I went into it. My very first ceremony, I was like, I had heard amazing stories of people's lives being saved and people being healed. And I was like, awesome, I'm just going to go do this and I'm going to, I'm going to be healed. And it was like, nope, it took (laughs) another four years after that of continual work. Right, right. Um, Would you say that one of the things I've heard from people is that they come out a lot lighter or with just a very different perspective of life that allows them to live more, I guess, in flow or in acceptance of things? I think so. I I don't necessarily think that happens right away. Like I've definitely Mm -hmm. come out of ceremonies where I, you know, I have big, big memories that I have opened up and it is very painful and I've needed support in those times. And so yes, now, but it's not, it's not necessarily immediate, although it can be. So I think it's, it's going into understanding that everyone's individual, everyone's going to respond individually. And ayahuasca never gives you anything you can't handle. Um, And I say that with a caveat of you have to be careful who's leading the ceremony. Mm. Um, So, yeah. Does that does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Because I've never uh, we've had people on the podcast before that have like briefly mentioned it, but I've never had an opportunity to really dive into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it is becoming more and more aware. Like people are becoming more aware of it, I think, and guided towards it, um, which is exciting. So yeah, you know, actually last year, this time last year, the, I used to work in high school and the grade 12 psychology class invited me in, um, to talk about it. And we had a very candid conversation about psychedelic psychotherapy. Um, so if that's happening in the high schools, you know, we are waking up to what's possible. Yeah, it was very cool. And the parents were fine with that. eh? I, I don't think there was any pushback. Yeah. And I think it would depend, you know, it was a grade 12 class. It was, it was, a. they were talking already about it. And I had talked to the teacher about like how I was going to present and in what way. And we made sure that it was in a good way. It was definitely, you know, we touched on the recreational use of it and that's not something that I support at all. So I think it was, you know, the way we did it was, was 
integral. I think that's amazing that just, because one of the things, like I used to be a teacher and I struggled with, I I didn't, like, I don't have a lot of experience in the public school system just because I, not as a teacher anyways, um, because I worked special education in Australia and then I worked at a private school here in Toronto. And so there was just no space for any of, and meanwhile, I'm having like my spiritual awakenings and these, these 13, 14 year old girls at the school I was working at are like, I could just already see where they were sort of shying away from their truths and who they really wanted to be in the world. And in light of, you know, well, I'm going to be a doctor because that, and these were some very wealthy families in, in Toronto. And anyway, so that was hard for me because yeah. I want to tell them like, you can go and manifest anything that you want and follow your passion and make art every day. <laughs> yeah. That just wasn't a conversation that was happening in that, at least not in that school. Um, yeah. what Molly going back to business for a second, and thank you for everything that you just contributed. Uh, what does, mindset and manifestation and alignment look like for you as a business owner and as someone who's dove in to being full-time in your business recently? Yeah. Um, it means, it means radically doing what I want. And sometimes, you know, I've had to really trust the, the universe. I have the privilege of having a partner who makes money. So, right. um, the, the fact that I am not bringing in, a, I'm not bringing in a huge amount of money right now. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very, um, random and it's been a huge lesson in validity and knowing that I am valid, even mm-hmm. if I'm not bringing in the major breadwinnings of our little family. Um, so it's, it's been interesting because, you know, I'm being pulled to write this book and I, you know, I, as you can imagine, when you're writing a book, there's no, not a lot of money coming in. Well, not with that belief. <laughs> well, no, I, I yes, yes. I yeah, I've got some work to do around it still. Um, but, you know, it's – I know that the money is coming in, but I don't get to mm-hmm. choose when. And that's okay. Yeah. And so it is being in – I love that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you don't know, you could, you could make a ton of money while writing this book, especially if you're feeling aligned. But I, I also understand the, yeah. the belief system. And you know, there. it's Even amazing I, yeah. because there are, there is money coming in, in different ways. Like we've had a lot right. of magic money coming in, like, like really random, like thousands of dollars of like, what, where did this come right. from? And so, you know, the universe is paying us to do what we need to do. Um, but it's not in the way that I want it to. And I have to let go of that. You know, it's not necessarily (laughs) coming in through my business, but I'm writing and that's what I'm meant to do. So it's a huge exercise in trust. But when you get there and when you really set your mind in the way, like align yourself with what is ringing, the truth that is ringing in your heart, I know that sounds fluffy, but it's it's like no, no, I get it. Yeah, it, you get into a flow state and things just move so peacefully. And I don't. It's not necessarily this like you're not cultivating gratitude. You're not cultivating money. You're not cultivating anything. It's this spontaneous rising up of all these things. You don't have right. to control it. It just shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've read, I've mentioned this book a couple of times, but the surrender experiment by Michael Singer. 
I haven't. Oh my God. You have to read that book because it's everything that you're saying. It's the story of Michael Singer who wrote um, The Untethered Soul. Uh, And it's basically this, his story of living his life. Um, I I feel like I probably mentioned this on a recent episode. So to my listeners, I'm sorry. (laughs) I said this a couple of times, but it's that good. If it comes up twice, it's that good. Yeah, no, it's like he lives his whole life basically just being called towards like one thing after the other and honoring that fully and the ways in which like the perfect amounts of money show up at the perfect times and super synchronistic ways to support him uh, is this really beautiful unfolding. And he ends up like over the course of a couple of decades starting a computer company, which he didn't know anything about computers, but he was just drawn towards one one day when they were like newer back in the nineties. And he writes this, this computer program, which he says the whole thing is this divine download and the company grows to be like half a billion dollars and all these <laughs> things. And like, none of it was like what he was consciously manifesting. He just decided to live in flow and then didn't yeah. spend a lot of time wanting for anything other than just the journey of it. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I think that, that that's beautiful. So what you're saying there is really reminding me uh, of that. And I also know that I read a post of yours. Um, it was around the time that you were moving, I think, to Vancouver about, you know, deciding to leave your job and not knowing where the money was was going to come and also oh having my gosh. a debt that you wanted to pay off. Yeah. Can you tell that story? Sure. Um, so I had $14,000 on a credit card and it was like way in there. so hard. <laughs> yeah. And it was just stuff, you know, like my dog's getting older. I had a really old van that I lived in. There was like a couple business decisions that kind of went awry years ago that I'd just been carrying with me. And it was just this weight. And, um, and I say old dog because of vet bills. Um, so right. it was just like, there was, there was just stuff, you know, and I could feel it on my shoulders. And, um, so I had at the beginning of September, I had $800, $850 or something like that to my name. And I had enough to pay for rent on September 1st. Um, I paid it and didn't have any money. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm at the end of October and I have enough to pay my bills and I have enough to pay for the 15 days left that I have before I move because I moved middle of October. And the money just kept kept showing up exactly when I needed it. And I had no idea how it was going to happen. I had no idea, you know, I, I sold a couple things. I, you know, it was all kind of magical. And then middle of November, um, this opportunity came through and I paid off my credit card 100% and I am now living, you know, I have zero debt for the first time, what feels like the first time in my life. And it all happened when I, you know, I didn't have a launch. I didn't, I was reading tarot. I had just started reading tarot professionally. I've been reading tarot for the last three years and, and I stepped into it professionally in November. So there wasn't any big thing in my business that I, that, that came through for me. It just was this magical kind of wiping clear right. of my debt. It was amazing. And yeah. And you were focusing in on, like you were feeling the feelings of having it paid off. I think you said in your post. Yeah. And actually, so I wasn't at that point when I was visualizing the feelings of having it paid off, visualizing what that would feel like and what that would look like. That was months before. So 
I went through this, like I went, I spent one month and just five minutes, 10 minutes a day visualized my bank account. And I went through my bank account. I like visualized the checking number and then visualized the amount in that account. Went down, did the same thing for the next account. Went down, did the same thing for my MasterCard. Went down, same thing for my RSPs. You know, I went through this visualization as though it was real. And I would like, I would visualize pulling out my phone looking at it and going into my bank account and going through this. And then the feeling of, oh, it's so peaceful not to have this on my shoulders. Like there's no weight on my shoulders. There's nothing pressing me down. And so I spent a month doing that and then I let it go. And I was just like, okay, I'm not going to visualize this anymore. I know it's going to happen. And it did. Yeah. 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 Amazing. No, it was so story. good. And that's exactly what I did with, with my relationship. You know, when I was visualizing, when I put that, um, kind of posting in mind magic about the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual intimacy that I wanted, I visualized, you know, what that would look like. And I had this one visualization that I played out every day for about a month. And, you know, here we are. <laughs> it's, what was it's, it? Okay. Uh, I can't. I can't. Okay, it's, okay, it's don't not have to fully manifested yet. Okay, like, there's a whole <laughs> other part, and I think you know what the other part is. Yeah, but I'm not ready to put that out into the world yet. It's, it's happening though. It is happening. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. Well, and I mean, this is like a lot of actually what I've experienced and what you know Zoe and I teach in like QC squared, for instance, is like that you don't need to obsessively like revisit that space, right? No. Like you just have to create it energetically and then you can let it go and it's going to yeah. happen. A hundred percent. And like I've manifested like the craziest things. Like um, I had this like totally hundred percent paid for trip to Joshua Tree a couple years ago, like completely paid for. Like it was so awesome and I didn't have to do any planning for it. It was just like, hey, can you come along on this? I was like, yep. <laughs> no problem. And, and I had Joshua that. tree. I didn't visualize it. I just put a photo of a Joshua tree on my vision, my vision board. And I was like, this is what I want. And that's all I did. Oh, oh my God. I love it. I like know, we really have to get out of our own way. Right. Where it's like, yeah. it's on the vision board. It's done. Now I can just yeah. live my life. Totally. And I like, I, at one point I started, I like realized that we were going to Palm Springs and it was for, um, I was chaperoning, a girls lacrosse tournament. And I realized we were going there. I was like, Oh, I asked, I was like, can we go to Joshua tree as like a fun trip? And the girls were like, no, we don't want to, we want to go shopping. I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And so it just so happened that like, we didn't make it to the next round on the last day. And we had another, we had a whole afternoon free and it wasn't in the cards. And so I, on the way home, I asked the girls who were in my car, like, Hey, do you guys want to go to Joshua tree? And they're like, yes, let's do it. So it really like to the moment we left, it was completely unplanned. Right. And I had to let go of it. And it was like the universe being like, yeah, stop. I got this. You tell me what you want. I got this. (laughs) <laughs> if only we'd let it be that easy, right? Because because we've had those experiences and you've had that experience, Molly, and you could yeah. you could and and I'm speaking about myself as well, where we create these limits where it's like, well, if I'm gonna write a book that I'm not gonna make money, what have you yeah. created that you're gonna make more money than you ever have while writing this book, yeah. right? But we almost like it's just this perpetual like noticing what's the story that I'm telling here. Is that actually true? Could <laughs> yeah. it be true that you're going to make more money than ever? You're going to make a million know, dollars. And we need to stop <laughs> pretending that we do know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, you I did know. ask about tarot cards, Lauren, and oh, yeah. I'm, I really want to speak to them because I'm so Please. deeply passionate about them. And I'm okay. I'm so excited for people to learn them themselves and to step beyond the little white book. And I actually have gosh, I'm going to put this out on the air. I actually have a, a mini course coming up to help okay, people awesome. develop their intuition with tarot cards. It's not out yet. So if, if anyone goes to my stuff, you won't see it there for a bit. This ep- – well, do you know when the, when it's coming out? <laughs> no, this I have no idea. I'm okay, not making right. any rules for myself. <laughs> yeah, got it. Perfect. Um, yeah, I like let go of deadlines <laughs> this year. I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, so it's going to come out when it feels peaceful soon probably. Um, but tarot cards are, I don't use them as divination. You know, we, we, they, they've kind of been demonized a little bit for their imagery and everything else. But the, the journey that we're on as we come into this life is the fool's journey. And you might've heard about the hero's journey. You might've heard about the fool's journey, but it's an archetypal journey that we go on. And the major arcana in the tarot card takes us through that journey. And what they do when we put our intention into the cards, they show us different symbols and they mirror ourselves back to us. So it's not necessarily woo. It's not necessarily anything beyond looking objectively at the pictures and looking objectively at the numbers and all the symbology and what the symbology means to us and allowing our intuition. There's like a curiosity that happens of like, what could this symbol mean to me? What could this? It it opens our our consciousness up to different potentials. And so I use them as a mirror to look at myself in a different way. And when I help other people, when I'm doing readings for people, there's a lot of questioning that happens. So, so when it's very interactive, like I don't tell people about themselves, I will, I'll ask questions. We'll get very curious about the process and they'll find the answers for themselves, which is really a beautiful process to watch. But I do encourage anybody and everybody. I'm so passionate about archetypes and, (laughs) and the like mythology and and the language that is kind of beyond our norm um, to dive in. It's really exciting. I love that because the thing that like often I don't, I don't use cards a lot. And a lot of the time it's because I feel like I don't need anything outside of me to tell me, you know, Mm -hmm. how, like it, it's all within for me, right? And yes, that doesn't mean I never read a card that feels really synchronistic, but I'm just like, well, I created that, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's all. And any time that we're like giving power away to something outside of us, it just doesn't resonate with me personally. I um, so agree so, with that. And so I really like what you're saying where it's like it can actually just be a tool to help you find the answers that you already have. You're just allowing yourself to gain access to them. Is that? yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. And, you know, I, I'm with you, Lauren, like anytime if I've like the astrologer that I work with, um, she's amazing. And she never tells me who I am. She never tells me what's happening. She just, you know, offers insight and allows me to get there. And it's so much more powerful. And I always say like, beware of, of the coach or the intuit, intuit, person, intuitive person, um, who starts to tell you who you are and to tell you really grounded things. Um, because you, we can give our power away so easily, especially when we have those beliefs of 
I'm not enough. I don't have the answers. I don't like I'm wrong fundamentally, all of that stuff. So, you know, you have all of the answers inside you. Sometimes we just need some help to get there. I had a reading um, maybe six months ago or so, um, and I was kind of just interested. I'd never had a reading. I thought it was kind of fun, whatever. And I, yeah, so I signed up for this reading and a lot of what he said really resonated and it was great. And then there was a couple of things he said about my success, but then also about love and when I'm going to get to have love in my life. And essentially it was like years away. And I was just like, no, (laughs) yeah, I create my reality. Like that's just not, that's just not going to be true. (laughs) And I think that that's the part that's really important for people. Like use these things as you know, tools and as access to more of your own inner guidance, I think. And anytime that something doesn't resonate with you, know that that's because you get to choose your truth. Yeah. And that choice, you know, it's just a shift away. So I always say when people sit with me is like, okay, these tarot cards are going to read the energy of what is current with you right now. Mm. If you do the work, you know, in the next, maybe you sit with yourself for the next 30 minutes, the next hour or whatever, maybe it's just five minutes and really see the truth and see beyond the illusions that you're creating for yourself, the illusions of our friendly ego, whatever it is, um, then this whole spread might become redundant. So it's going to show you if you're having trouble with something, and that's what's so magical about the cards is like, if you're struggling with something, come to the cards and be with them, see what is present for you now. And then you have the power to choose different and choose to see. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, you'll have to, you'll have to come and sit with me and, and do a session. I would love to, um, yeah. because that really resonates with me and I've never heard it described that way. And it just has never resonated with me. This idea that there's things outside of us that hold power, um, or that dictate for us how things get to go. It's like, even when I'm in my ego and I'm wanting to make other things wrong or right yeah. or whatever, I still know deep down that it's like, it's all me. <laughs> yeah. You know, 100%. And that goes for anything like human design. It goes for, yeah. um, working with intuitives, like people, things and people only have as much power as we give them, period, done. Like there's no, there's no other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's the, whatever story we create about it. If it's like, oh, well, yeah. the, the card or the reading told me this. And so that must be true. Well, it's true. Because and now it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Molly. This has been like just such a I don't know, just very calming and flowy episode. And I absolutely love it. And I want uh, our audience to know where they can connect with you online. Yes, absolutely. So everything is Molly J. Wilder. So that's my website. That's my Instagram handle. That's my email. So um, I'm really happy to connect. I would love to to hear from listeners, even just if they were like, oh, yeah, I love this episode. Um, community is so important. So I'm so grateful for this space, Lauren. Um, Instagram's probably the best way. And it's just Molly J. Wilder. That's, that's the handle. (laughs) And, uh, and you do readings for people. I do readings. Yeah. And I'm just shifting the reading. So right now, and probably for the next week, it's still going to be up on my website that I'm offering short readings and, um, big long readings. Um, those short readings are going to disappear after this week. So I'm not, so not doing readings anymore. this post. This oh, will be okay. <laughs> so, okay. Well then um, everyone who gets, 
to, you know, everyone who's looking at my website, there will be a one hour reading and it's definitely the most potent. It's the only one I want to work with now. And it is so good. It's aligned. It's aligned. Yeah. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Molly. I will put the links for all of the things down below. And I'm just so grateful to have had your time and your wisdom today. Thank you so much, Lauren. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.